But we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. I don't know how the Lord's going to finish up tonight, but I'm just going to walk with him, all right? It's good to have all of our guests here with us. So thankful that you're in the house of the Lord. We're so very grateful. We just want you to make yourself at home tonight. Make yourself at home. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 22. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 22. Thank you, choir, for singing tonight. You blessed me. Amen. And the Philistines came up yet again. Somebody say yet again. Yet again. And spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass or a compass behind them, a circle. Everybody say a circle. Behind them and come up on them over against the mulberry trees. God ever told you anything that didn't make sense? He said, Lord, the Philistines are coming up against us, and your best answer is go there and make a circle by the tree. He said, and let it be that when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then... You should get stirred up. He said, bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee. And he's going to watch you smite the host of the Philistines. No? Did he say the Lord was going to smite the host of the Philistines? And David did so as the Lord had commanded him. And smote the Philistines from Geba. Until thou come from Gazer. I want us to just ask the Lord to help us in this place tonight. Would you just lift your hearts, your hands, and your voices tonight, Master? We need you to speak in this place, Lord. Let there be a certain sound in this house tonight. Let the name of Jesus be lifted high. Let the name of Jesus be lifted high in this place, oh God. I'm asking you tonight, Lord, to be glorified. I'm asking you, God, to be glorified in this place. Let the name of Jesus, let the name of Jesus be lifted high. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap unto the Lord. Let him know how much we love him tonight. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and ask him a question tonight. What is that I hear? I, uh, I was thinking on the goodness of the Lord today. Thinking about this evening. What the Lord would say to his church. And uh, as I began to think on 2 Samuel chapter 5. I came to an understanding very quickly. That there is a principle in the word of God that we cannot forget. And that is very simply that just because you win a battle in your life. Does not mean that you get to put up the sword and the shield. 
and never fight again. What are you saying? I'm saying to you tonight that from the day that you decide you're going to live for God until the day that you either go to your grave or you're raptured with the church, that you are going to be fighting for your existence. You're going to be fighting for survival. I don't know who started the sloppy agape movement of grace preaching that said, once you serve the Lord, it's just a bed of roses. He takes all the trouble away from you. Everything that was wrong is righted. Everything that was broken is fixed. I wish I could stand here tonight and tell you that's the truth. But the real truth of the matter is when you decide that you're going to do something for God, you're going to stir up the nest. You're going to stir up the enemy. You're going to stir up the powers of darkness. And it's not just devils that you're going to stir up. If you go to do something for God, you're going to stir up some people. You're going to stir up some people from your past. And you're going to stir up some people that don't want you to have a future. You're going to stir up some people that are jealous of the blessings and the favor of God. If I could say it to you like this, haters are going to hate. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people that are going to stand against you. But you've got to make up in your mind tonight. It is not about how easy this road is. It's not about how easy this walk is. I made up my mind from the start that I'm going to finish the race. I may come scraped up. I may have troubles. I may have to fight a little bit. But I do plan on finishing Pastor, I just feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. I just feel like I've got all this weight on me and I don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you, the precedent that was set in the Bible, and it's always easier to preach than it is to live, but I'm telling you what I see is I see people who are able to speak victory even in the middle of consequential battles in their lives. I want you to know that before Job ever had one thing restored in his life, he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He wasn't praising God because of what had been restored. He was praising God because of his goodness. Now the Bible said that Job was an upright man. He was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a he was as close to perfect I guess as you could get according to the word of God. He was a godly man and he still went through trouble. There's a couple things I want you to get out of this before I get where I'm going. Number one, I want you to understand that it rains on the just and the unjust. You're going to have trouble whether you're in the church or you're out of the church. And just because you're having trouble does not mean you've made God mad. I'm going to preach it till somebody gets it in here tonight. Well, I guess I'm not doing the will of God in my life because all hell is broke loose. It's probably quite the contrary. The reason why all hell is broke loose in your life is because you're doing the will of God. The reason why the devil's fighting you is because you're doing the will of God. I want to tell you tonight, the devil don't care about no old dead, dried up Christian that's just going to sit around and talk about the coming of the Lord. He's worried about somebody that realizes that even in your darkest hour, you can still stand up and square your shoulders and walk in victory knowing that if God be for us, who can be against us? 
The devil don't know what to do with people that stand up and declare the word of God. How many of you have ever learned that key to overcoming? That when you're in darkness, if you'll just speak the word of God, it works. Come on, Jesus did it. Jesus quoted the word hanging on the cross. The word works. And the devil don't know what to do with people. That every time he gives you the best shot he can give you, you just stand right back up and keep on loving God and keep on worshiping God. And when he tries to make you feel tired, you just get up on out of the bed and you walk to a prayer closet and pick yourself up by the back of the neck and you start praying and seeking God. And you can guarantee that come fast day, somebody's going to show up and want to take you to lunch. But what he don't know is you're going to fast tomorrow because you've just learned that if you're faithful to God, he don't know what to do with people like you. That when he tried to make you feel depressed, like you ought to stay home, that you just got up and put your church clothes on and you came to the house of the Lord anyway and when he tries to form weapons the only thing you've got to say to him is no weapon formed against me oh pastor what are we going to do if the devil destroys us what are we going to do if the devil kills us hey I want to give you a blue light special tonight I want you to know the alarm is ringing in here tonight you need to know if the devil could have killed you you would have already been dead if the devil could take you out he would have already took you out you don't belong to him you don't belong to him that's why he loves lying to you. That's why he loves lying to you. You know the people that he keeps telling the same lies to? The people that keep believing it. <laughs> Woo! I feel like tonight somebody's going to leave here with a little boldness in your spirit. He said, you know, I'm just sick of hearing his voice. I'm just sick of him. Talking whenever he wants to. I'm just sick of him saying whatever he wants to. Look, I wish I hadn't, but I've seen some of you get frustrated. I've seen it. I've seen some. Jocelyn was telling me something the other night. I don't know what it was. And we were sitting at the table, and she got to tell me something. That head got to snap, and she was doing her little arm like. I looked at her, and I'm like, what's that? Can you do it, Josh? I, I don't know what that means. But it's apparently a language that God gave all my girls. Like, dude, whatever. Now, I, I know, I know I, I've heard you say, Pastor, I'm just not an aggressive person. Yeah, you are. I've seen you be aggressive. I'm just a kind, loving person. You know what? I want you to be. And I want you to have the fruit of the Spirit everywhere you go. But I wish you'd just get sick of that old lying devil. Well, Pastor, as soon as I get relief, I will. Soon, just as soon as I get relief. Listen, folks. I don't, this is probably going to depress somebody. And I don't want to be counterproductive in here tonight. But you don't always praise because you feel like it. And you don't always worship because you feel like it. And you don't always show up because you feel like it. Sometimes you show up because you don't feel like it. And sometimes you worship because you don't feel like it. I 
got, I got to reading the other day. I probably preached it here before. I don't know, but I was reading the other day. I love the story of Paul and Silas in prison. You know, it's a good one. Thank God for reserved saints that know how to just sit there and take their lick and keep on ticking like Paul and Silas. They said, you're going to go in jail and you're going to sit in there in the inner prison. They were like, yes, sir, whatever you say, oh, great one. And they sat down in there and they took their beating and they just sat there all night long until deliverance came. It may say that if you read the NIV, but it don't say that in the King James. I'm going to tell you right now. When you get in the Bible that I read and you read it, it said that their hands were fast in stocks. Their hands were bound. Their feet were in stocks. They were locked up. Somebody say locked up. They were. All I could see when I said that was that woman on the Internet saying wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. They were wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in prison. They were in a mess. And the Bible said that they, they didn't care how late it was. The clock was getting ready to strike midnight. They, they weren't concerned about the time. Now, there's so much to this we could preach, and I'm not going to. But I thought it was funny that at midnight, they began to sing praises unto God. Y'all got your big boy britches on? Put your seatbelt on because I'm fixing to preach something to you. Why did they start worshiping at midnight? Was it because God set them free? No. They didn't, they didn't wait on freedom to come before they started worshiping. The Bible said that when they began to sing praises. When, oh my, my. When they began to sing praises unto God. That chains fell off of their hands and stocks fell off of their feet. They weren't able to stand up. When they started praising. But when they started praising God. Whatever it was that kept them from standing fell off. And they said, why'd they wait till midnight? i tell you what I believe. I believe that old Paul and Silas looked at one another and said, we are one minute from another day, don't it? And I'm not going to spend another day like this. I believe the reason they did it at midnight is they wanted the devil to know you've had your last day with us. I've been locked up for the last day. I'm not going to do this one more day. Not one. I'm going to do it one more day. I'm going to worship my way out of this. Ooh, I wish somebody would get that in you right now. Our thought process is I'm going to worship when I'm out. But a true worshiper will worship their way out of it. My God, some of you look like you've been baptized in pickle juice in here tonight. I'm preaching about praise. You're doing everything going cross-eyed on me. Got your forehead all wrinkled up. Hey, you need to wipe them worry wrinkles away. God's got this. Come on, I said God's got this. You don't have to worry. God's got it. Well, what if it don't get fixed? He's still worthy. What if the trouble don't go away? He's still worthy. He's still worthy. The bottom line is, there is something that happens in the physical realm. When we began to obey the voice of God. And I I, I was talking to a pastor on the phone today. He called me. And they were in an exciting season. Some good things were happening. And I started talking to him about. How the things that become visible in the physical realm, that there's parallels in the spiritual realm. There's, there's always going to be things manifesting in the spirit that's, that we're kind of seeing the product of 
in the physical, if that makes sense. I'm not going into a deep Bible study here, but my point very simply is that we want spiritual things to happen. We want big spiritual breakthroughs to happen. And I want to tell you, the troubling thing about spiritual breakthroughs is that spiritual breakthroughs only come when we have fleshly breakthroughs. It's a principle. I, I talk about it all the time. People talking about dancing in the spirit, but it's funny on Monday morning that their calves are sore. Because they dance in the spirit. I, I, I come in here and preach on the weekends, and I do my best to be sure that I'm anointed when I preach. So I guess you could say I preach in the spirit, you know. But it's funny that while I'm preaching in the spirit, on Monday morning, my voice is tired. My body's weak. Most Sunday nights, I fall in the bed. Isn't that something? Somebody said, well, on Sunday night, I had a breakthrough while pastor was preaching. Yeah, and my flesh is tired so that we could have a breakthrough in the spirit. Hey, when you boys ran a few minutes ago, did you get out of breath? You did too, you liar. I saw your tongue hanging out. We were, in we were in church one night, and I'm not saying this to make fun. I'm just telling you. We were in church one night in the old building. We didn't have as much running room as we do in here. And I don't know who wrote the rule book, but it just seems to me that, that for some reason, we always run counterclockwise. I've never found the rule book in Pentecost. But have you have y'all noticed that? Like nobody's ever said that. We just we just go. You start a victory march and nobody ever starts this way. Now somebody's gonna do it to be a smart aleck. We still believe in victory marches, you know. Somebody takes off running. I I couldn't tell you that if, if I've ever saw anybody in this church take off running that way. I don't think I have. But one night. In the old building, we had one boy take off one way and a little old girl take off the other way. And they were both in the spirit with their eyes closed. Sure as a world, about the time they got to the altar, there was a meeting. He was a little bit bigger than she was. And she went flying across the front of the church. Now I know why they were running. Because they felt like they were in the spirit. But I'm going to tell you the next morning she knew. It had cost her something. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying tonight? It's going to cost you something. I thank God for a move of the Holy Ghost, but every Sunday, my shirt's soaking wet. Well, my wife does my laundry. She can tell you what them white shirts look like. Come on, somebody. It's going to cost you something in your flesh. You're going to have to obey something in your flesh. If you're going to have a move of God in the spirit, you're going to have to have a move of God in your flesh. You're going to have to tell your flesh no, and you're going to have to tell God yes. 
Come on, I'm not preaching deep tonight. You don't even need floaties for what I'm telling you. I'm preaching to you. You can hang around the shallow end. We got to get this in the shallow end tonight. That if we're going to have a move of God in the spirit, it's going to be because we respond in the flesh. The Bible said on the day of Pentecost, then Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's wonderful, isn't it? Anybody here thankful for the plan of salvation? How many of you would agree with me that the plan of salvation is supernatural? Can I take you back to Sunday school tonight? Tell you how he can take a heart that's black with sin. Wash it with red blood. Make it white as snow. Y'all remember hearing that in Sunday school? It's a supernatural work. Anybody in here know of anybody in the world? That's ever been baptized in Jesus' name that didn't get wet? When I got baptized, it felt like the baptistry does right now. We didn't have a heater. It was cold. And I knew that I was obeying Acts 2 and 38 when I got baptized. But my teeth were chattering and it wasn't stammering lips. You understand what I'm saying? I don't repent in the Spirit. I repent in my flesh. And I don't get baptized in the Spirit. I get baptized in my flesh. And even when the Spirit comes upon me with a Spirit baptism, I still have to relinquish my tongue and my flesh to let the Spirit of God speak through me. Some folks have been praying to receive the Holy Ghost. And they're like, I don't understand why I'm not receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because God doesn't just give somebody the Holy Ghost. And there's no sign at all that comes on them. And they're like, I just got the Holy Ghost. There's a reason why he gave us an evident physical sign. When you receive the Holy Ghost, I'm not talking about something that's recommended. I'm talking about something that's in the Word. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. That's in the Bible. You will speak with other tongues everywhere they receive the Holy Ghost. Well, that's not true, Pastor, because Paul, he, he said he had the Holy Ghost. And we don't have any sign when he spoke in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He said, I speak with other tongues. You will speak with tongues when the Spirit comes on you. That's something that happens as the Spirit of God moves on the flesh of man. How many of you? Have ever seen joy come on somebody when they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How did you know? Was their heart happy? Come on now. There's an expression that comes on their face. It's one of my favorite things in the world to be standing in the altar with somebody. And then receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Listen, there's nothing like, you want something to get addicted to? Invite somebody to come to church with you and be standing there when they get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is one of the most addicting things in the world because you have just introduced them to something. There is nothing more powerful in all the world, in the visible and invisible realm, than the power of the Holy Ghost. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it's a work of the Spirit, but it's going to take your flesh. Am I helping anybody here tonight? So as you're seeking God for the Holy Ghost, when you're standing there praying, 
And you start to feel something come on you like you hadn't felt before. Maybe you have felt it and you just let it go. You feel it come on you. I don't know how else to explain this to you. I think there's probably a few witnesses in here that can say what I'm saying to you is exactly the truth. That when I began to speak with other tongues, it's not like I know exactly what I'm supposed to say. When I speak with other tongues, it's like a word will start to come across my mind that I don't recognize. Right? Can I get a witness? If I'm lying, I won't fix it. I'm telling you how it works for me. That I begin to speak in tongues and there's like, there's a word that will come that I don't understand. But I can't hold that in. And, and again, I'm not making fun. But the Bible didn't say to think in tongues. Come on now. It said we're going to speak in tongues. When that comes on me and I feel that come, some, some have said their tongue kind of goes numb. They get all these like, you know, these. I, I didn't ever have that. I didn't ever have that where I had the tingle on the end of my tongue. Maybe some did. I don't know. But some, I think some folks are waiting on a bolt of lightning to come down out of heaven and go, boom. I'm going to tell you what it is. Listen, I'm here to help. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. It's that gentle nudge. You raise your hands and submit yourself to God, and you feel this gentle assurance just come on you. That gentle assurance that comes on you, if I could say it like this, is God's permission for you to speak in other tongues. It's heaven's permission resting on you for you to begin to speak the language that the Spirit is speaking. The Bible doesn't say that they begin to speak with other tongues as they figured out what to say. It said the Spirit. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I believe God's about to fill somebody with the Spirit right now in this house. God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. You're overthinking the Holy Ghost. When you feel that come upon you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of this at all, but you're going to feel the Spirit of God come upon you, and there may be a word or two that will kind of flash across your mind that you, you don't know, and you're afraid to open up your mouth and say it. I'm going to tell you, if you'll open up your mouth and speak that first word, as you speak that first word that you don't understand, the Spirit is going to begin to speak, and whatever you say, man, I feel that in here right now. When you feel that, I feel the angels of the Lord in here tonight. When you feel that come upon you, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands. I, I don't want you staring at the floor. You're not defeated. I want you to raise your hands and raise your face. And when you begin to feel that come on you, I just want you to open up your mouth. And I don't care if it's if you think it's going to be hallelujah or whatever you think it is. But when you open up your mouth and you begin to speak with another tongue, just let that go. Just speak it. Come on. Just, just speak it. God's going to do it in just a minute. But the Bible said that David was up against the Philistines. And... They had, they had gathered themselves at Rephaim. Now, this is interesting. Because that word itself, Rephaim, means an old 
tribe of giants. That's what it means, an old tribe of giants. It is something to me that David was gathering his men fighting an old fight. Something that he had been through before just because he defeated Goliath didn't mean he was never going to fight again. If you believe that, say amen. And he said, well, Lord, I don't know what to do because the last time I took off running and I ran at that giant and you went before me and you made it happen. He said, should, should we go after him? And the Lord said, nope. He said, I want you to circle up and walk over there by the mulberry tree. And I want, I want all of you just go over there and make a circle around the mulberry tree. Now, folks, I don't know why God does things the way that he does it. But there's times that he just does not make sense to me. I, I'm just being honest with you. I don't know why he does things the way that he does. But you mark it down. If the Lord says go stand by a mulberry tree, you better go stand by the mulberry tree because he's about to do something. I know, I know there's some folks that aren't comfortable with it, but I'm glad this is an aisle running church. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been standing in church before, and Brother Hensel, the Lord, I would feel the Lord impress on me to run. And I wouldn't do it. And what happens five seconds later? We still believe in the gifts of the Spirit in this church. And I've had the Spirit move on me to give tongues interpretation. At least one of the two. And I wouldn't do it. It felt like a volcano about to erupt in me. What? And I'm like. I've held that in and not said a word and it's that still calm in the church you know that it's just that calm that comes in it's like if you've been in this very long you know yeah we're fitting to have tongues interpretation in here and the spirit's poking you in the, in the chest say, come on come on come on you feel it you're like no 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 and you stand there and argue with God and it's not five seconds all the way across the church bah, 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 bah. I don't know why God chooses to do that. I don't know. But I've had the Spirit speak to me before and say, if you'll take off running right now, this I'll break this place loose. Anybody had it? And you're like, well, God, I may look stupid, but I'm going. And no sooner do your feet hit the floor in obedience. And you, I would hate to think that I was the thing standing between somebody and their breakthrough. Why do we dance and shout? Not always because I feel like dancing. But sometimes the Spirit of the Lord will say to you, get out in that aisle and dance right now. Because I'm about to do something if you will. And when you obey. I've been preaching for a little while, but I, I, I'm, I'm trying to finish. Listen. Are we afraid we're going to sink? Everybody talks about Peter. Yeah, well, he got bold and stepped out of the boat. There, people love that. Peter stepped out of the boat, and he looked like a dummy when he sank. Look, I'm not going to preach the whole story, but I'm going to tell you something that's always troubled me about that. Yes, Peter got out of the boat. Yes, he walked to Jesus. Yes, he sunk. 
But the Bible doesn't say that Jesus carried him back to the boat. That joker walked back to the boat. Well, what if I fall? What if you test God and you take a step of faith and when you start to sink, he reaches down and picks you up so you can do this, boy. You stepped out by faith. Let's walk. I've come to encourage somebody tonight. you got to try God like you've never tried God before. You may not be a dancer. You may not be a shouter. You may not be a runner. But if the Spirit of God moves on you, go get it. I don't ever want to lose that. Can I share a story that you told me, Brother Nate, about the night you got baptized? Can I do that? Man, I wish y'all knew how much I love that family. Brother Nate was standing back there a few weeks ago when he was baptized. And he said, he was wrestling with it, you know. He told the Lord, he said, well, if you you really want me to get baptized, then translate me over there. He said, just translate me over there. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to say exactly verbatim, but he, sa- he said he felt the Lord say, no, I'm not going to translate you if you want it. you got to go get it. He said, well, then, Lord, at least give me a push. I'm being honest. And when he said that, Brother Stephen, come here. Brother Stephen, who'd been teaching uh, in Bible studies with him for months, he said, I said, well, then, Lord, give me a push. And Brother Stephen just walked up just like this, put his hand on his back and started praying. Put his hand in his back. He said, well, then give me a push. And here came a hand pushing him in the back. Thank you. Would he have got baptized anyway? Probably because he was tired of fighting that fight. I believe he would have been baptized. But you don't understand what God's trying to do in somebody else. When you feel the Lord say to you, go up there and just put your hand on their shoulder. They may have just said, Lord, if it's your will, then push me. I'm going to tell you right now. I still believe that the Spirit can work if we'll let it work. Man, I'm just about done. He said, go there and stand by the mulberry tree. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. A mulberry tree? I'm not really worried about the tree, God. I'm worried about that army right there. I'm worried about that old tribe of giants right there. He said, just go there and stand by the tree. Because timing is everything in the kingdom. Man, I wish you'd hear me tonight. He said, I want you to go there and stand by the tree. And when you hear a rustling, a moving, a stirring in the top of the mulberry tree. Woo! You're going to know. Why does this matter? There's a couple things. Because you can't go there and stand around the mulberry tree and talk doubt and still hear. 
He said, I need you to go over there and stand and just be quiet and listen. For the, when you go over there and stand, I want you to listen for a sound in the top of this tree. Well, what do you think it was? Do you think there was a wind that blew, Pastor? Listen, we could get hung up and whatever. I don't care if it was an angel that came down and kicked his feet in the top of the tree. I don't care if it was a north wind that blew. All I know is the Lord said, get over there and stand. And when I'm ready for you to move, I want you to hear the sound in the top of the tree. What's that I hear? It's the sound in the top of the tree. And the Lord is saying, right now's the time. Now's the time. Church, I don't know how else to tell you this, but I hear a sound from heaven tonight. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, First Pentecostal Church, it's time. There's a stirring in the trees. There's a stirring in the city. There's a stirring in our hearts. The wind is blowing. The angels are moving. It's time for a move of God. Oh! There's going to be some folks that aren't listening and they're going to miss the sound. But somebody's been listening. There is a sound from heaven. preaching but I'm going to tell you there's way too many coincidences right now for me to believe it's a coincidence God's moving this church God's speaking in this church there's things that are breaking in this church I'm not up here to fluff you up and blow smoke up your stack I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost I'm hearing a sound There's some things that are moving and shaking. This is not vision casting service. This is not missions conference 23. I'm here to just tell you tonight, standing here before you, on Sunday, December the 4th, 2022, that in the next 12 months, if the Lord withholds his coming, that we are going to see the greatest harvest that we have ever seen in this church. We are about to see strongholds broken that we've prayed against and fought against for years. I'm talking about there's some things in the spirit that have been weakened by your persistence as you prayed and sought God hey I feel like preaching to the air tonight Satan your kingdom is coming down I heard the voice of Jesus say I can't explain it to you, but I heard a sound. And the sound said your lost children are coming home. The sound said that your lost spouse is coming to God. There's a sound. What's that I hear? It's revival.
God. Woo! Ah. How did they know when there was an outpouring in the upper room? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in that one place, Bishop, one mind, one accord. Unity was there, but it wasn't unity that brought it. (laughs) Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. It was a sound that could not be manipulated. It was a sound that could not be duplicated. Oh, God. It was a sound that came from above their heads. They couldn't reach the top of the mulberry tree. It was a sound that heaven had to make. It was a sound that came from God. I'm telling you tonight, you don't have to believe what I'm preaching. But if I've ever heard a sound, I believe I'm hearing a sound right now. I'm hearing revival. I'm hearing victory. I'm hearing breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. There is such a stirring that's going on in the earth right now. We've got to do our best to stay away from the noise and the chaos. And we've got to get ourselves over by the mulberry bush. Don't make any sense. But we've got to get to where God is moving. It wasn't the tree that had the power. It was the obedience. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He didn't pick a tree because there was power in the tree. He said, you go stand over there by it. And when it's time for you to move... Then I'm going to stir your obedience. The only way that you're going to be defeated in this process is when you try to outrun the sound. But the sound from heaven was the release that God is fighting for you. If you leave before the sound comes, you're going to be defeated. But if you'll stand right there at that tree and you'll wait... If you'll stand right there in that upper room and wait, there's a sound that's coming. And when you hear the sound, he said, when you hear the sound, you're going to know then is the time. I don't know who needs the Holy Ghost in here tonight, but I'm telling you, it's here. And it is available. 
If you need, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want the Holy Ghost tonight, you can have it right now. You can have it right now. Come on. There's a sound. Now, this is going to take some boldness tonight, but if you feel like you're just a little cold in your spirit, you haven't prayed through, that's something we don't talk about much anymore, just pray until you pray through. If you haven't prayed through in a while, just a little cold in your spirit, you want a refreshing touch, I'm not saying you're backslid. I'm saying you need to be refreshed and renewed in the Holy Ghost. If you need a renewal in the Holy Ghost tonight, I want you just like you would if you were seeking the Holy Ghost for the first time to just lift your hands, raise your face towards heaven. And I believe there's getting ready to be a sound that sweeps through this room. And I believe everything that needs the Holy Ghost, God's going to fill them. And everybody that's submitted tonight and needs to be refilled, God's going to fill you tonight. Come on. There's a sound in this room right now. There's a sound in this room right now. If you just step out by faith, even if it's just out in the aisle right now, and say, Lord, I need you to refill me with the Holy Ghost tonight. Just take one step of faith out from where you are and let God feel you right now. Let God feel you right now. It's here. It's in this room right now. Come on. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. There's a sound in this room right now. Yes, yes, yes. If you feel tears coming, let them go. If you feel the Lord breaking your spirit, let it break it right now. There's a breakthrough coming for somebody right now, right now.